Hello and welcome to a Live from America podcast. This is Hatem alongside my favorite host. And yes, I said it, my favorite one, uh, Juanita Dorman. Uh, ah! Instead of, of you know who. Um, <laughs> the other uh, guy that I like as well. Um, hi, Juanita. How you doing? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. How is, how, you said it's your first uh, day with uh, homeschooling. You're not sending your kids back to school? No, we're going to start. I, we had a, a supposed to be some kind of like intro to school Thursday and Friday. That didn't work out so good, but we're starting homeschool Monday. <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice. That's God nice. bless you on that one. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a challenging year for all of us, uh, yeah. but uh, easier for somebody who doesn't have kids like me. Okay. 20%. Yeah, um, mine are grown, so they're in college. So I'm like, whatever, you should be able to do this on your own. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. so you don't have to work out. So this episode, we're going to talk about something very important. We're going to talk about, we're going to discuss the changing uh, of the mindset about getting older. And we have two amazing guests, comedian, the very funny Karen Margolis, that I saw her in the park the other day, Hi. performing. Yep. Uh, well, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> well, well that, that, that was good. There was a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was so much fun. The park shows have been really, have been great, better than the regular shows, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And our guest of honor, uh, Rebecca Lynn. She is an Instagram and life uh, lifestyle model located in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, a 50-year-old fashion and beauty lover with a passion for fitness, female empowerment, self-love, and changing the mindset about getting older. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Uh, and finally, we made it. Uh, we planned this a while ago, but uh, but but you know, I was uh, I got sick and stuff. So, um, but thank you. For Life being. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's things in Georgia? Uh, things in Georgia are a little crazy, but it's 2020, so isn't that just like the name of the game this year? I mean, yeah. I don't think anything's been normal all year. Yeah. It's or maybe it was back somewhere at the beginning, but it hasn't been ever since March. <laughs> well, your background with the frame and thing, you know, makes it look like life is good. I don't know. Like, look this at my, my, like Karen's, how like depressing Karen's background is. <laughs> so it's so funny because my husband and I both work from home. We've had kids at home. So like we have, like I'm in the dining room. He's in the basement office. Like we all have little spots. Everybody always busts in on each other. Right. Hopefully we wear pants. I mean, I, I really, yeah. well, I'm not fond of wearing pants, but everybody else should wear them. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. So let's jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about how did you get here for, you know, for uh, uh, advocating for a mindset to change, change about age and all that? Yeah. So it wasn't actually something I set out as a goal. I um, really just set out on a goal to get fit at like 47. Um, and I had always dabbled in fitness, but I'd never lifted weights. And um, I kind of stumbled into the gym and found this incredible amount of strength from lifting heavy shit. <laughs> and it was like a way to uh, escape kids. from stress. It was a way to feel good about myself. And then so for an accountability standpoint, I said, I'm going to throw up pictures on my Instagram and I'm just going to say, hey, I'm in the gym. Here's another day, another workout done. And the next thing I know, I started having a lot of engagement with other people that were um, struggling with fitness and struggling with self-image as they got, especially for women, as you get into your 50s, you start to feel like, 
um, there's a lot of women that just say, I'm going to let it all go. I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I didn't want to do that. And um, so now at 51, I honestly feel stronger and sexier than I did at 20 and um, a lot more confident. And I give a lot less of a shit about what other people think other than if I can make one other person feel good about themselves, then I feel like I'm getting a good message across. Um, subsequent to that, I also realized that I am have an ability to connect with people and I have a point of view that I think is valuable. And that's one that um, women and men should have like great interactions with each other. And um, I don't think that that can happen unless women feel good about themselves. Yeah. So and did you always feel like that? Like when we had a conversation before, uh, you said like back in your 20s, you were trying so hard to change your image and, and all that. But but you find out later that it's not what you want it to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's that struggle to fit a niche or to be seen in a certain way. Um and like, I can remember when I first got out of college, I had an interview and the feedback the interviewer gave me was like, if you ever want to be taken seriously, you can't look like that. You can't be blonde and pretty and wear pretty clothes and be sexy and be taken seriously. And there were some times that I tried, I tried that, you know, I tried to downplay the way I looked and the way I interacted with people um, and my vibrancy. And then there was a point like at 40 where I was in an unhappy marriage. I felt like I had been hiding who I was for a really, really long time. And when I left that relationship, I did a whole bunch of soul searching. And one of them was, I'm not going to like dim my light to make other people comfortable. Hopefully by sharing that I'll make other people feel good. And so I kind of just, said, screw it. I'm going to be who I am. Um, I do have a great career. I happen to be in the beauty industry. So looks are not as much of an issue as it would be in a more conservative industry. Um, but like there's been that whole social media thing a few weeks ago where the doctors and the nurse like were getting criticized. I think it was anesthesiologist in particular um, that one of them one of her male peers found her pictures on Instagram and then wrote an article about how women shouldn't be able to be sexy like that and be taken seriously. And so there was this whole backlash where all these other women in the medical profession posted pictures of themselves in bikinis. And there's one that I follow in California. She's like, you know what? I saved a life of a man that got bit by a shark and where I had a bikini that, on. Where's that website Nobody where they cared. post the bikini pictures? Um, well, it was That's all over Instagram. Uh, yeah, that. it was all over Instagram. I think it was on Twitter too. I my I've kind of taken a little bit of a break from Twitter just because it it made my blood pressure go up too much, and Instagram keeps me a little bit less like that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Go ahead, Winnie. You you're something? the only guy on the podcast. Do you feel like that when you're around a sexy woman? I mean, you feel like I can't take her seriously. <laughs> I I mean. Honestly, as a guy, since I represent all the guys, uh, when you see a pretty woman, you really don't think. Yeah, you don't think about are you taking seriously or not seriously or anything. It's just like, you know, you love the company. But like any, any other, same thing like dating. If you start dating like beautiful woman just for the looks and like two days later, it's like, I can't do this anymore. You know, it has to be the inside. So yeah, of course, we have to be honest. You know, the looks important to be attracted to in the beginning, but it only lasts for a very few uh, seconds, you know. But I could see what she's saying and, in a professional in a setting. professional, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
setting. You know, it's it, it could be it could be um, very challenging. I mean, you run one of the biggest clubs in the in the, in the world. You know, um, and you have kids, and you have family, and you manage to you know the whole thing. I'm you know? close to fifty two. I'm forty-seven in three months. Oh, not, so Karen, I, I I'm not going to pressure you. So <laughs> I do get what she's saying because um, at one point I worked in in a hospital for like eight years, and um, I found that to be true. It did, you, know, you you looked and how you conduct yourself, and I found myself wearing less makeup, less tight clothes, so that they would take me more seriously. I mean, to be fair, when you see, like, in my life experience, like, beauty and intelligence aren't exclusive, obviously, but they're not, they don't necessarily go together either. Like, when you see a really beautiful person, regardless of gender, like, I've never looked at a gorgeous woman or a gorgeous man and been like, that person looks so smart. <laughs> like, I've right. never done that. <laughs> right, right. She might be, but that's not my assumption. <laughs> Like, right. <laughs> when you know, when you, your mind goes first. No, I'm like, I appreciate you for your beauty. And if you have something else to offer, I'll find that out later. But I'm never jumping to the conclusion that they're also smart. I don't jump to that conclusion about anybody. What, when, you know, when you say they, they don't take me seriously, who do you mean by they? Uh, people that I work with. Well, I worked mostly with uh, doctors. I worked for a surgeon for eight years. Uh. So, you know, I was a vascular tech. So being a tech, I would find the doctors coming in and kind of like, I don't know, just not taking me seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's... Uh, it was I, a I, real life lesson for me because it was like, if you want someone to not just look at you on the outside, maybe you have to play that down, especially in that kind of setting, just play it down a little bit and just... I found myself dressing more professionally, you know? Where so dark, that kind of stuff, yeah. It's, you're so damned if you do, damned if you don't, though. Yeah. As as a woman, like if you are too pretty, um, then you're judged for it, right? You people find even women do it to other women, like find that oh, out God, worse. Yeah, and men take it as a reason to dismiss you. But if you don't put any effort, if you're like a no makeup person or you're just homely, which is fine, some people just aren't gorgeous. Um, you're invisible. But you see, the way I see it is like I think some men, especially or or, or women, when they try that, they're like, oh, she's pretty but she, she probably not smart or not taking it seriously. That's a way of like, because they're jealous of a certain aspect. So they try to put you down so they can even up with you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're pretty, I'm smarter, stuff like that. You know, they but reject I you before you reject them. And to be fair, men suffer through so much rejection. Like even like a beautiful man. Yeah, I never suffered from that before. And people think it's just <laughs> like- Not once. Have you ever watched like a, a guy go up to a girl in a bar and she's just like, no, like for some reason it's okay to talk to men like that, but like not women. Like, I, I totally agree with you. Never happened to me. I kind of get why men would be like, you know, you, you're probably a dumb bitch before you can do that to him, but right. it's not pleasant like to be on the receiving end of it. Well, I think you hit a perfect point though, which is that, you know, as, as people, we judge, I mean, you judge a book by the cover. I mean, everybody does. And I guess, you know, the, what I was trying to do was say, and it was really for me more than it was for anybody else. But now I've realized that there is like a voice that I can be, that can be had with other women that feel like they've maybe just lost themselves along the way. And I think that as humans, there's definitely men that do that too, but women typically 
we have a way of taking on a feeling of like, if we have kids, then we end up giving so much of ourselves to the kids or we adapt to what people want of us versus who we actually are. So we end up hiding some of who we actually are. And I don't know, I think for some reason at 40, when I decided to get divorced the first time, it was one of those things that I was like, screw it. I'm so tired of pretending to be somebody else all the time. And, and even when you do that, people don't always necessarily like you. Right. So there was a sense of freedom that came with saying, I'm just going to be me. And I'm, I try to be a good person. I try to be nice. I try to be kind. I try to, you know, think about other people, but I also try to do it and still just be who I am. Like laugh at the things that I think are funny, dress the way that I want to dress because that's how I feel good. Um, and just not worry so much about how other people are seeing me. Hopefully they'll take a few minutes to get to know me. So if, if, we, if we turn things around, Juanita, let me ask you this. And I, I promise I'm not going to tell no one. Uh, you, you're a boss. You know, you're on a big uh, company, uh, Vegas, New York, and all that. You know, if you have a very attractive assistant, uh, versus I uh, have an attractive assistant. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you if you if you have like a attractive assistant, he's still applying. Somebody's still applying to the job. Would you say like, oh, he's too pretty. He's probably not smart. Would you do that honestly? No. You wouldn't assume that. I like pretty. <laughs> no, I know you like pretty. <laughs> Everybody no, does. I don't assume that about people. I think for men and women, it's totally different. I mean, when they say men think with their thing, it really, because they, they always go to the attraction first. I mean, I hang out with a lot of guys and that's the first thing they will comment about a woman, you know, before anything. That's always the first thing. I don't think it's the same for women. Like we're kind of like, oh, that guy's cute, blah, blah, blah. But we're not, it's not like, it's not like men. We're not as visually driven. We're just not. Yeah. I mean, to, to an extent, you know, you're visually driven like Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp, and then you close the bar and then after that, you're not visually driven. So it's, I think, I think looks is very important to anything, but I can see like for myself, if I have an assistant that like, if I have two people applying, one is very attractive, one is not, I'm probably going to get the one that's not if I want to get anything done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but that's exactly <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that's that's honest. It's not against you know being uh, you know uh, beautiful. It's just like a, it's the truth. But Rebecca, let me ask you this: uh, like yeah. aging is is you know uh, getting older is depressing for both men and women. Do you find it more for men or more for women? In your opinion, I actually think that's something that can be depressing for both. I, I mean, I, I definitely don't think it's just a feminine like perspective. A percentage? Like, is it mostly? Um, I do think for women it is because men, if you have a level of success, whatever that is, whether it be money or career or whatever, you identify a little bit that way. For women in our society, looks are a big part of it. Um, and youth is definitely something, I mean, there's nothing that can compete with like youthful glow. I mean, um, so there definitely are some things that are challenging about it. I think one of the things that, I find like I feel better now about myself than I did when I was younger is partly what I was saying earlier about the fact that I just kind of started to give less of a care about what other people thought. But I also spend a little time on myself and I do that from a place of not feeling guilty about it anymore. So when I was younger, if I took time on myself, I felt like I was 
like not doing something I should have been doing as a mom or not doing something I should have been doing as a wife or not doing something I should have been doing from work. And now I'm perfectly okay with saying, you know what? Every day, my gym time is my, that's my sane time. So I take that time to go to the gym. It's not just about physical appearance. It's largely about physical appearance. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also like to be healthy and active, like way into my 70s and 80s. Um, so there's a health component to it. Um, but I think aging is just, it, it's, it's challenging because you feel like you're losing little pieces of yourself and you can't, you might not have the same abilities that you had. Like, God, if I stay up and drink all night now, it takes me like two days to recover. When I was 20, I was ready to go again the next day. Um, or if you don't get a good night's sleep, it takes you a couple of days to catch up on it. Or you hurt yourself in the gym and it takes a week to recover versus being able to recover faster. Um, but I really think that's something that both men and women face. I just think that we face it a little bit differently. Karen, do you feel that way, like being a comedian? Like, like, does it different if you like make it when you're 20 or then 30 or 40 or 50? Like, um, well, being a comedian is a special thing, right? Because it's not you. You are writing your own material, and the material is like about life. So, uh, to be honest with you, look, there's there's funny people like regardless of age, but there's kind of only so much I can take from a 20 year old. Um, not to be an asshole, but like, what are you going to tell me exactly? It doesn't mean you're not funny, but like, there is a virtue in aging for comedy specifically, but at the same time, it's like so double-edged because it is show business and the show is a big part of the business, you know? So like, you have to be young and hot and whatever, and people will take, people will use any reason to dismiss you. But like, for me personally, I don't think that, I think I was annoying in my 20s, not to say like I couldn't be funny, but like Juanita knew me <laughs> back then. You weren't annoying. And I just did you say I was annoying? No, you weren't. Oh, I wasn't? Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, you are typical. Listen, I have a son that's probably your age, right? I mean, you're just, a t that's what you guys go through during these stages of life. You were just being yeah. up. I didn't think you were annoying. But I think for comedians, most of their material is based on experience. Yeah, right. I, I feel that's why most comedians are successful when they're older. Totally, because you have so much to say in a way that's like, hum you have a humility as you get older. I yeah. guess that's what getting older is. I feel like I was born to be in my 30s. Like, 20s were so uncomfortable for me. I felt like I was in someone else's skin. And now I feel like myself. Do you know what I mean? And I right. feel like the things that I have to say, I earned. Like, I earned the right to say those things. I mean, yeah. being, being the only one in the, his 20s now, you know, I'm offended about what you're saying, Ken, you know. Um, there's a lot you can take from me as a 20-year-old man, you know. Uh, but, uh, but I, you know, I, I, th I think that the set of, you know, the mindset about aging and all that, it's like, it's all about the society around us. They, they have, like, limits to certain things. If you, you know, like I said it before, uh, I don't know, in another podcast, I think, or maybe in this podcast, like, uh, 30 under 30, uh, you, you have to, you know, you only play sports if you're at that level, you know uh age wise you know after that you can't uh you model if you're only that age you know all, all the the measure of success by like oh obama is the youngest president ever so everybody else around it the mindset if, if you didn't reach something with a certain age you feel bad you feel like like a loser you know yeah but that's the way where this pandemic is actually kind of a has a silver lining because that stuff is, I feel like, on hiatus a little bit. Like, whatever it is you thought you were supposed to do, like, I graduated during a recession, and all my plans went out the window, and, you know, did my best, and now it's a pandemic, and, and that's weird, and everybody's pivoting in, like, these different ways. Like, 
this is such a weird trying time where the norm has like flown out the window that if you haven't achieved what you thought you were going to by this time, it's okay because everyone's taking this gap year, right? So you are allowed to reset right now. Yeah, I think that is a huge, it's just such a valid point. And it is a silver lining to it. So like I was saying earlier that all my kids were home this weekend. So there are 19, 21, 21, and 23. So we were all sitting outside and they're all in that angst position of, oh my God, like, what am I going to be when I grow up? And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. I don't know what I'm going to be tomorrow, but I do know that I'll be something. And like, if I continue to learn and be open and talk to people and like take what life has to offer too, even when it's tough times, um, this year's been like, it's been shit. There's been a lot of days I haven't wanted to get out of bed, which is not my personality at all. Um, but then I stop and think traffic is less. I'm at home with my husband. We have lunch together most days. He cooks, which is a real win because I don't really like <laughs> cooking. <laughs> um, and then having all of our kids here, it was just nice to have that. Like I told him, I said, you know, don't define success as a five bedroom house with three bathrooms if that's not what you want. Like if you really think that you want to travel and you want to see the world and you want to experience different cultures, don't let pressure from outside forces make you change who you are. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, that's the one thing I'm trying. And I, I do feel like at 51 that I have the ability to say, you know what, there are things that I did really well. And there's things if I could go back and hit a reset button, I would. And I'm still doing that. I'm mm -hmm. still saying I want to change that. I want to feel different about the, the way that I approach but, um, that's the, that's the thing. aging. If you, if, you, if you can go back and change things, you wouldn't be who you are right now. You know, Correct. And I, that's what I think. So that's why I think this topic is important because, you know, m mindset is not only about aging, like the pandemic, what we're going through right now. I think everybody needs to fix their mindset to understand life in a better way, in a different way. You know, like there's some people lucky like you, like I know Anita as well, you know, being a good family together, you know. But if you hate your kids, you know, or uh, your wife, you know, this pandemic is awful, you know. So you get terrible. A, yeah. You say hit or hate? Hate. hate. No, hit, not hit. Because oh I'm Middle Eastern, you assume I hate people. Juanita, you're more racist than Norm. I didn't realize that. I, I want but, Norm back. But here's the thing. I think for me and Rebecca, because we're older, it's probably a little different than Karen. Because we grew up in an age where there wasn't that... Um, social media. We didn't have that kind of stuff where we saw someone who was beautiful every day on every page that gave you that, oh my God, I have to be that person. Possibly beautiful, like regular people where you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I you guys are growing up in a different time where you see this all day. There's nothing but makeup tutorials, uh, weight loss, how to, you know, workouts. We, I didn't have that. You know, I just started social media a few years ago and I'm like, holy cow, I learned how to do makeup maybe like Five years ago, and it's all recent. Yeah, did not have any of that. So for you guys, I feel like there's more pressure because you. Oh, I think there's definitely more pressure. You know, we had magazines. Like if you opened up Vogue or Cosmo or whatever, you might see, but they were models, and so you could kind of be like, I'm not expected to look like Cindy Crawford because there's a reason she's on the cover of Vogue magazine and I'm not. But now you have this comparison that makes it seem. 
and I think you want to talk about pressure on women, somehow you're supposed to be gorgeous. You're supposed to have a baby in a flawlessly decorated home and like be baking gluten-free cookies. I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to stack up to what we get shown on social media. I mean, it's just yeah, let me let me explain to Karen what magazine is. Uh, it's a thing that we have. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I've seen that affect men too. Like I like mm-hmm. I, I have empathy for them in the sense that well, I mean in a bunch of senses, but also in the sense that they're expected to. Not a lot has changed for them in terms of like the expectation of providing for people. So there's still there's still this pressure on them to oh, like yeah. married at thirty and then have like. For a man, the, the real expectation of manhood is like when you have a wife, like a woman and a child, they should have the option of not working. You should be able to care for those people yourself. So that's three people at least you have to support on your own at like a pretty young age, like 30-ish is like kind of like a baby age. And they have all this pressure too, you know? And and you're looking at people on social media now who are like 15. <laughs> Like with all this like great stuff around them and they're flawlessly beautiful and they're doing these like cool dances that like you just like you're not gonna learn how to do ever. You're just like this would take me. <laughs> I'm like, that's my competition. Like I, I'm confused. Am I supposed to right. be an adult or am I supposed to be 16 and flawless and then also have this baby and like this giant house? And, like who's paying for this? Like what where I, from? I feel I feel I feel like in the old days women and men were more beautiful. Like now you feel like you. Like you see somebody and it's like a second later, you see somebody else. You, you feel everything is artificial. You know what I'm saying? Like back is like the beauty, like from this generation, I think it's, it's, it's a real beauty. Like all the young, younger, younger, like uh, girls and boys, I guess. I don't look at boys, but yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they, they all, I don't know. You want to remember who you were just looking at. You know what I'm saying? But back in the day, you see somebody stunning, you'll be like, oh my God, like it, it, it just stays. Like if you, everything is, yeah. I think yeah. everything, everybody can be beautiful right now, but the minute you go home and the next day you wake up and it's like, who are you? It's like, you're not the same person, you know? And that's based on a true story, by the way. It happened to me. <laughs> the specific American brand of beauty is so unforgiving. Like if you go, like if you look at European people, they're so much more at peace. Like they have their problems. I'm not saying they're perfect, but like as far as aging, especially for women goes, like they're okay. They find it beautiful. Like your face is supposed to not be all the way up here when you're 50. Like it's okay. You know, your tits can be imperfect. Like American beauty standards are so rigid. Like you're not allowed to not look 16 ever. It's depressing. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and that's where, like, you know, I love um, photos of Brigitte Bardot and Sophia Loren. Like, throughout their lifetime, they were still gorgeous, iconically beautiful women. But, like, their pictures are not – and I don't edit my pictures on Instagram. So, like, every once in a while a photographer will put a light edit on, but I really try to tell them not to do that, and I can't stand it. And um, the only thing I wish I could always edit out are the veins in my hands because I freaking hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> other than that – I try to really just be who I am. And I also admit, I get a little Botox, but I don't want to have a face that's totally immovable either. You know, like I want to be able to still have expression. Um, and I do, I totally agree with what you said about American beauty standards are so, and they'll change. So a few years ago, it was being really busty and super skinny. And now it's having a really a bigger rear end or perfectly eyebrows and, and lips that are like, Nobody in the world has lips like that. Well, by the by the way, Rebecca, you win an award because you're the first one in this show to say rare end. 
We 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 say, that, we say the real thing here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably the other room laughing at me for that. It's 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 all right. So so when you when you change the mindset, do you is it important to be and be let's be honest to be sexy in your eyes on people's eyes? That's a good For me, it's about how I feel. It, I mean, it really, really, really is. And so I did an interview with a British press agency um, a couple of weeks ago, and the article got published, and the article was okay. It kind of made me sound a little vapid, but I was like, all right, well, whatever. I guess that's how I came across to the interviewer. But then the comments in the Daily Mail, oh, my God, I got shredded. Like, they were so horrible. But I actually found a sense of humor in them because they were proving my point. So they're like, she's too old to act like that. Again, proving my point that you judge women by age and how they look. And um, so I kind of laughed at all the comments. But it was one of those things that if I feel good about myself, which I really do, like most days now, I wake up and I told my daughters this weekend, if I could go back and undo anything, it would be being so self-critical. So standing in the mirror or looking at a picture of myself when they were young and picking myself apart. And now I really do make an effort to look in the mirror or look at a picture and pick out what I like first. Like, what do I feel good about? Like, I know I have, I've got pretty blue eyes. I've had pretty blue eyes since I was little. And so Use them, like feel good about what makes you feel good. If it's your sense of humor, I tend to think I'm funny. Maybe everybody doesn't, but like that's something I enjoy. I enjoy laughing, throwing my head back and cutting up with friends. And I just do that now where I might've held back before. And I, I think everybody should realize that, um, that they are unique and they are beautiful in their own way, you know, whatever they look. And if you don't believe me, go to any porn site and you will find your category there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like any, ca- <laughs> any <laughs> like category. You are, you're going to find your category and you're going to feel better about yourself. You know? Also, nobody, nobody looks at you the way that you look at yourself. Like I, when I look at myself, I see individual features and no one else sees that. They see me holistically, right? Like they see like when they look at you, like Rebecca, they see like this gorgeous, elegant blonde. And when they look at you, Anina, they, look, they see this like, you know, beautiful brunette. They're not looking at whatever it is that you've picked out that you don't like. They're not seeing you're that not looking at only, you know what I mean? No one, no one does yeah. that. Everyone sees you as like, um, you're, you're an effect. You know what I mean? You're not a nose or like a zit. Yeah, you, you bring it all together. And I think that's what makes people, like when you think about what really makes people attractive, you can be super beautiful, but if there's nothing behind you and there's no like human interaction, there's no real reality to it, then you end up just being like a really pretty picture and a really pretty picture is just flat. So you still still will have more, let's be honest, you'll have more advantage than a lot of people just by looks, you know, it's going to open some doors for you. It's not going to keep them open, but it's going to open some doors, you know, like you'll have to. uh... Rebecca, I have a question for you. So where do you get all this self-motivation? It's exhausting. Where do you get motivation? I mean, was there an incident or what was, what in your life has brought that to you? Therapy? I need it. Okay, so I did, I did, when I got divorced, I did go to six months of therapy, and I spent a lot of time talking about, um, my dad was in the military, and we grew up in a family where things were very, my mom was beautiful, my dad was gorgeous, they looked like Barbie and Ken, and because my dad was an officer, they had a 
an outward appearance that they had to put on. And so I always participated in that. I put an outward appearance on and I spent most of my life trying to make other people feel happy. And, um, that led to like the last five years of my first marriage. And I was with him for almost 20 years were really not happy for me. Like I spent a lot of time crying behind closed doors. And so when that finally broke, I said, I got to fix things for myself. Like I don't want to be crying behind closed doors and I don't want to be pretending all the time. Um, and my mom was bipolar, which nobody would have ever known. My dad hid it from like the world. And he provided this, a lot of stability to my mom that allowed her to have a good life. But, um, it just made me think like, I don't want to pretend. So I'm very open about the fact that, um, yeah, I went to a lot of therapy and not every day is good. Like there's a lot of days that I find myself falling back into those old habits of being self-critical or self-doubting, or you say something and then you worry about, God, did I sound smart? Did I sound, you know, you overthink things. I'm an overthinker. So I do have a tendency to still fall back on that. Um, I think I try to start every day with a little bit of gratitude. So I love coffee. Like absolutely cannot start my day without a cup of coffee. And I try to, before I look at phone, my phone, look at email, do anything, just think to myself, what is something I feel really good about today? Like, is it something that my kids said to me on the phone? Is it the fact that my rescue dog is sitting in my lap? Like what's something that I can take with me. So when I have those negative feelings come in, I can kind of find that positive piece. So it was a lot of therapy and it's a, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. So much like being an alcoholic or a drug addict, I don't think you ever get rid of those tendencies, but I can recognize them now. And when I start falling into that negative mindset, I can, do some exercises to get myself out of it. So, so you know, and no, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, Juanita, to sum it up, you should get a divorce, which I agree with, you know. Like, what do you tell yourself? Because I have no motivation. I have gained so much. Well, Juanita, we, we can hear you very well. Can you, can you raise the volume a little bit? Oh, yeah, let me see. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Oh, good. Do you hear me better? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I have no motivation. I mean, it's not because I don't love myself. I love myself. I just find at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. I want that pint of ice cream. It's just like, you know, I have no motivation to work out. I know I'm not going to go to the gym. At the end of the day, I'm like, I need some lipo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's okay, though, too. Like, I really do think that that's, you know, um, there's certain times my very best friend, her little girl is eight. So we've known each other 20 years. I'm old, I'm 10 years older than she is or nine years older. So she's in her early forties and she's like, I feel bad. Like I, I know I need to go to the gym. I need to do this. I said, you are also, you're homeschooling an eight year old. <laughs> um, you have aging parents. Like you got to cut yourself some slack too. I also was at a point where I didn't have as many responsibilities as ho at home. Like my kids were getting older. And so you can kind of take that time and not feel selfish because like, I think I, I said earlier, there's been times where I felt when I was younger, I felt like if I took any time for myself, it was being selfish and we need to kind of get rid of that. That's another thing that weighs on us because somehow we're supposed to be, like I said, baking gluten-free cookies, homeschooling, have a hat. Like I have a pile of crap over here in the corner that I was like, okay, let, let me get my computer so you can't see all the crap I've piled up in the corner. And like life is messy. 
So sometimes we'll be really motivated and sometimes we won't. And the first couple of months of COVID for me, I literally could not tell you how many bottles of Tito's I put in the garbage can. It's like, oh, it's three o'clock and I've had a shit day. I'm going to start drinking. Right. I, I think um, a lot of people should should start realizing that, uh, you know, working out and going to the gym and all that, it always have the wrong message. It's not about looking good first. It's about being healthy, you know, and then looking good. Well, so I think the so main thing, I mean, from my personal experience, like the most important thing in life is health, you know? So you want to be healthy. So if you put that in your mindset, you know, when yeah. you, I'll, I'll do a little workout, I'll do a five minute workout because that's the time that I have. Then I'll download an app, there's an app for everything, you know? Yeah. Five minute workout in the morning. And my goal is not, I don't want to see a physical result right now. I just want to feel better. You know, I think that's how it should start. You know, no, I read something that was so interesting that I didn't. So I read something that was, um, it was like, there's this American ideal, and I'd never thought of it as being American, that throughout your life, you always get better, right? That we're always striving to be like fitter and prettier and more accomplished throughout our entire lives. And that's an American thing of like this constant progress. And that, I think that's true, right? Like that is like kind of our, our cultural thing is like you can always, you're always on this self-improvement journey forever. But I think along with that is this, you have to not accept yourself in order to think that you can always be better, right? And that's the toxic side of that where you have to have like sort of a core of like rejecting yourself a little bit to be like, but I can be better and fitter. And like, the truth is you're all of those things. You're your not fit, not motivated self, just as much as you're your fit, motivated yeah. self. Those are both like equally valid parts of you. And you know who taught me that is my freaking therapist. Like she is unbelievable. I recommend therapy to absolutely everyone. everyone me too. My soul therapist. Like I finally found someone that really gets me, you know, and I, I, I showed up to therapy once like in tears. I was just having a shit day and like I was so down the whole day. I just like was not, I just wasn't feeling it and I couldn't do it. And she was like, this is the real me. And she was like, okay, but the times when you're happy and like motivated and doing a great job and productive is the real you as well. It's okay. Like you're both. I, I think also you, you, you need to, uh, you know, in general to put yourself in the right environment for your age. Like I gave an example before, you can be 65 years old and work in a certain field and you're the oldest person, and, but you can be 65 years old and you're the president and you're the youngest person ever to be a president. You know what I'm saying? So you have to put yourself in the, in the environment where it makes you and helps you be successful. You know, like for you, Juanita, for example, you're one of the youngest people that run, you know, uh, big businesses like that. So if you feel that's, that, that should motivate in a way, I think all people should put themselves in the and move on from, uh, from the, uh, whatever they are in the environment to be in, in a better environment that accommodate where they are in life right now. I'm not saying if you are like, say 40 years old and uh, your weight tables, that's wrong. No, it's not because nobody have the same life. You know, everybody have no. a different life. But I'm saying if you have, if you can put yourself, yeah. Yeah, like Karen, when I first met you, I don't know, you were like 18, 19, you were virgin. No. the person who you are now. You've had so much more experience. Um, it just gets I feel like it kind of gets better as you get older because I, I wouldn't go back for anything I really I was such a hot mess when you met me like you oh know my God, you were adorable. <laughs> yeah but you know and and I had to go through those times in order to it was so messy oh my god but I didn't think you were messy I just thought that really? you were, Adrian, you were you're you were adorable oh. bubbly I loved hearing your stories I <laughs> found that you were annoying in any kind of way you, you were supposed to be as a teenager, you know, that's, you know, you know, what's funny is like, I, I, you know, speaking of like 
you recognize people uh, just by looks or what they say or personality. I know Karen also when she was 18. I know her now. I don't remember anything she said. All I see is the face. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like she's hot then, she's hot now. What happened? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know how she grew up or not. Who cares? <laughs> no. I didn't I listen to all his stories like you, Juanita. Juanita actually listened to your stories. I was just like, uh huh, uh huh. Yes, that's uh-huh. true. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's scary for me though? I feel like looking hot is so expensive and that as you get older, especially if you have kids, like Rebecca, I'm so scared. And like Juanita, you too, like you guys have both had kids and you're like smoking hot. How much does that cost you in terms like dollars and cents? Like I'm so scared. Like how much is this gonna cost me to just like maintain throughout like, you know, what all the punches life throws at me? Don't I have to have like millions of dollars? No, I do think I do think that maintenance has gotten more expensive. And I don't really think that's even age. Like I know now that I mean I work in the in the beauty industry. So I mean I know girls in their twenties who get as much Botox as I get in my fifties. And I'm like, I didn't have to start that shit until I was forty, right? So oh my God, like how much money are they gonna spend? Um so I do think that there is definitely a focus on I mean it's it's billions and billions of dollars that are spent on appearance and and beauty and grooming and that's not just for women by the way that's for men too like my husband and I've been really stupid and been watching Love Island because you know there's nothing else on TV we're like let's watch Love Island Um, and he's like damn those dudes all have their eyebrows done and like they have no body hair whatsoever he's like do you know how much money it would cost me to have that much laser hair removal (laughs) (laughs) so I think that there is an element to the cost of beauty that just exists now that didn't like when I grew up I painted my own fingernails um now you go and get your nails done and that's you know 50 bucks and um hair costs a fortune and so we spend a lot of money on it um globally the U.S. is probably one of the biggest markets on that but I mean you also have it across the world um so I don't think you spend more. I do, you just might spend it differently. But but can the good news is you don't have to have that money. Whoever you're dating should have yeah. have that money. I, I don't, you don't need any of that stuff. I've never done anything to myself. I'm all natural. You don't need any of that stuff. I mean, a lot of the times I see women who have gotten their boobs on or whatever they've done to their face, and they look worse than they were when they first started. Yeah, right? I, I, I dated a girl, like she's in her 20s. And like to Rebecca's point, you know, she got more work than Michael Jackson. Like she, she had like so much shit done and she's so young, you know? So it's not about, it's like a lot of the younger, you know, uh, girls are, and guys, I guess, are doing it for no reason. This is all the, to show you that how fucked up this world is. You know, when you're naturally beautiful, oh, you need some work done here and there. When you're old, it's fine, you know? But as long as you do it for yourself. Yeah, well, it's like manipulation, right? It's like you don't want, you want to take away certain reasons people have to criticize you or dismiss you, right? So you're like, okay, I'm just going to not let, I'm just not going to give you this one. You know what I mean? I'm imperfect in other ways, but, but the ones that you can't see. Yeah, but there's so many crazy stories. I know, I know a girl that wanted to change, like almost like done a lot of work to change her, her, um, her race because her boyfriend or whoever she was dating doesn't like Asians, for example, you know, so, so she was like changing, you know, I was like, are you crazy? Like, you know yeah. how many people, you know, you shouldn't do it for him. You should do it for yourself if you want to, you know, right. but, uh, right. you know, 
but and, and that's a big part of the message I try to share like I try to communicate with other women on that all the time that if you want to get a little something done that's fine that's your choice too right but it's also okay not to and if you feel beautiful I think that comes through and like that's the part and I sometimes still fall into that trap like my doctor said to me I wanted filler in my cheeks and she was like why you're thin like like just let your cheeks be your cheeks and I was like well because I looked at this and she was like stop it and I was like you're so right like I did fell exactly into that same thing I'm looking at all these Instagram influencers and you think that you've got to look like that all the time and really what makes us all beautiful are those little individual things so like if everybody looked like a plastic doll then there's no individuality and I think yeah. that's the part that that's what really makes people pretty like um, you know like Juanita you get those big sparkly brown eyes and then like the uh, there's just like you you zone in on certain things when you're talking to people that make them attractive whether it be the smile or um, the personality that comes through and you can erase that if you do too much like you yeah. can just erase too much expression and, yeah. and, and two, two points. One is like, you know, the science is much better now, so you can do stuff, you know, and you still be safe, so that's okay. But there's a, a story, I don't know if you guys heard about it before, true story, in Japan, this millionaire um, married this model, she's beautiful, and then he, they had, I swear to God, this is the exact case, they had ugly kids. So then he found out that she done, had so much done, so he sued her because cause he wanted to good looking kids. You know, yeah. and, and this is always all over the news. It's huge. I mean, two years he back. Won, but, by the way, huh? It was a Chinese couple, and he won. He won. That he won. won. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which honestly, I don't know if that would have happened here necessarily, but they're. I'm telling you, if you look at the pictures, their kids came out so ugly. Like they were really hideous children. <laughs> and she and she deceived. I mean, do you imagine? You know, you're in a delivery room and they're like, who is this? That must be me because she's beautiful. You know, this must be me. And then you find out it's not you, you know? Right. Well, that is just crazy. Isn't it though? But I mean, honestly, they, he kind of had a compelling case. Like when I heard about the story the first time, I was like, that's awful. Like really awful. You married someone's soul, you know? That's those, right. Those kids are just- But he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't. Exactly. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah. Those kids are gonna have a rut. They're gonna need. They're gonna need something. Like they're not. They didn't come out cool. Okay. <laughs> they're gonna need some therapy in addition to some other things. Yeah. Probably. I mean, those <laughs> those kids gonna know they're adopted right away. Like I'm not yours, am I? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, let me a ask you. Sad this. story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> let me ask you something. Juanita and Rebecca both have kids, uh, uh, girls, right? Uh, beautiful Mila and uh, I don't know your daughters, uh, but. How, what, what would you advise them? Like, how old is your daughter, Rebecca? Uh, they're 23 and 21. 23 and 21, okay. And Mila's eight, right? Yeah. So what, what would you guys advise them, like, beauty-wise? Like, like, when do you start talking to them? Like, um, I wonder, like, is it, like, when they're, like, that age, when they're, like, Mila's age or younger, or when they're older about looks and how important is it in this world and all that? Uh, all right, this is a tough question because for me growing up, my mom was really strict and we were not allowed to wear makeup. We weren't allowed to paint our nails or anything like that. So, and I found it so ridiculous now that I'm not to, to what age? Um, God, I, until I was in high school. Um, okay. Yeah, which was silly because by the time I reached high school, early 80s, all the girls wore makeup, you know? And I, 
begging her to like let me paint my nails and do stuff like that. And a lot of it was my mom would say, you know, um, that's for adults. You don't you don't need to go to school looking like that or whatever it was. But amongst my peers, everybody was doing it, and I always felt left out. So Mila, all right, this is gonna sound really bad. Mm-hmm. I do whatever she wants. I like paint your nails, put your makeup on, do whatever you want that makes you feel good. But she's not allowed to like go to school with makeup either. But at home, she paints her nails, she does makeup. She does so do you, she wants. do you think that's that's you're doing this because that's the right thing, or you're doing this because you didn't have a chance to do it, so you want her to have what you yeah, do? Yeah, because I really don't think it's a big deal. Okay. I mean, girls should be allowed to play dress up and feel good about themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. And the truth is, growing up, uh, children emulate their parents. They emulate their, their dads and their moms, you know? So it's kind of like, why not? She sees her mom putting on makeup. Why would I tell her, no, you can't put on makeup? I don't wear makeup every day. You know, she sees that I put on makeup if I'm going out or if I'm doing your little podcast. But, you know, she, <laughs> like, she you know, I let her do it because it's fun. So do you talk to her about, about, you know, looks and how important is it as somebody you know, in school or stuff like that? Or is it too early for that? She never comments. I, I'm so blessed to have my daughter. She loves everybody and more for who they are. Mila mostly comments on people's personality. You know, okay. say, oh, this kid was mean or this person, blah, blah, blah. And she's a lot like me. She stands up for other people and herself. She's very outspoken. And I'm, I'm proud of that, you know? Yeah. Nice. I feel like she has to be have a certain look or something to fit in with everybody. She actually has her own thing going on. Rebecca, I think that's awesome. That Re- Rebecca, what about you? Did you, when did you talk to your girls about, you know, looks and all that? Yeah. So when they were little, I still had a little bit of a toxic relationship with my own looks. And um, so th- at that point, that's probably when I was still being a little self-critical and I really was way too verbal about that. What's interesting is between my two, I have one who like loves makeup um, and wears a lot of it. And another one who like is she's a natural beauty, but she cannot be bothered to put makeup on. Um, and I think that as they got into their kind of like preteen years or middle school years, um, we just spent a lot of time talking about what they felt good about, what they had questions about, what boys said, what other girls said. Um, and I think they're both pretty independent. And I love that. Like, they really don't worry so much about what other people think. They both are pretty true to themselves. I just think it's unique that they kind of both, like, if you were to look at them, they don't necessarily look the same. If you talk to them, there's mannerisms and and things that come through. Um, Huh? The twins? No, but they're, like, 18 months apart. So they... Even when they had separate bedrooms, they still always slept in the same bedroom and they're super close. They're best friends. They've been roommates before. Now they're not living together. Um, But I'm really proud because they both are very independent. And like Juanita said, I love the fact that they'll, the first thing they'll say about people is usually something more like, oh, that person makes me laugh or that person's so inspiring or um, it's a lot less for them about looks and And then the fact is that they love me for who I am. And so people will ask me, you know, does it bother them that their mom's like 
we live in a small town. So like in the town, I had a photo shoot not long ago and my daughter got a Snapchat and she was like, mom, are you in the river doing a photo shoot? And I was like, yes. And she was like, yeah, so-and-so just saw you or whatever. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she was like, no, I love it. She was like, I told her my mom is so cool. Like she's never told me I couldn't wear something. I couldn't do something. I couldn't be who I wanted to be. And my stepchildren are like, you know, you've always been the one adult that we could tell anything to and you wouldn't be judgmental. Um, but, 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 but not that, the thing is not that, that I wasn't judging sometimes, yeah. but I, I'm happy that they didn't ever feel that way. And like, I kind of worked through it. So, um, but I feel like in the real world, like looks is important. So I wonder when, like for Juanita or Rebecca, when you planning or when did you talk to them about like, listen, it is about look, like how you look is important. Uh, like to that. me, it was about how you present yourself. So I don't know that I actually talk so much about it being from just a physical beauty standpoint so much as it was, you know, make eye contact, smile at people. If you feel like smiling, you shouldn't have to smile if you don't feel like smiling, um, being honest, being who you are. Um, also, little things like I really don't love the whole trend of like going out in your pajamas like you know i'm seriously like, i don't want to see your ass in pajamas like put a pair of pants on before you go to the grocery store <laughs> um, brush your hair <laughs> um, but i think it's you know i talked more about like the overall presentation like be authentic be genuine um be open to talking to people um and be like if, if you're dealing with certain thing like I, I don't know I think it's more important to be kind and to be an open person than it is to be a beautiful picture um if it makes you feel good to be both then do both like it yeah. that's that should be okay too but correct me if I you know but I I kind of feel like your children are an extension of you if you're at home worrying about how you look all day they'll they're going to grow up worrying about how they look sure you know and I just don't do that. So no, if you were to see me at the beach, like I am the woman that's, I always have wet hair. I'm always Sandy. Like I am never going to be on the beach looking like an influencer unless I'm just taking some pictures. But if I'm at the beach with my family, I'm having fun. Like right. we were in Costa Rica last year. They laughed because you know, if you're old enough to remember friends, you remember the episode where Monica's hair just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so we're in Costa Rica. I forgot a hairbrush and a blow dryer. So <laughs> by like day three, it was just like this. And I felt gorgeous the entire time I was there and I never put on any makeup and I just had fun with my family and I drank beer and ate whatever I wanted to. And it, it was an incredible week. So I just think that um, we're way hard on ourselves. And a lot of it is trying to keep up with image. Um, and, and image is always going to have a place. And I mean, now we live in this virtual world where sometimes the only way we're interacting with people is on a video screen. Um, so, you know, I mean, image definitely is not going to go away, but I think you can find ways to embrace and find your own individuality with it. Yeah, okay. yeah no, not true. Uh, Juanita, would you, um, Mila's too young for that, but I mean, like, does she have social media? Um, no. No, okay. Yeah, that, I think that's good. No, when, I mean, she does, she does watch TikTok. She has like a, TikTok. <laughs> she loves these TikTok dances. She has that kind of stuff. 
and into like Minecraft that she plays with her friends and Roblox. Right now she's doing a murder mystery on Among Us where all of her friends try to solve who did it, that kind of thing. Uh. But yeah, she's not into, like she'll look at Instagram. We look at stuff together. We look at TikTok together, but she doesn't have her own account. Yeah. We might have I, I, I think, I think not social- interested in it. Yeah, I think social media and Rebecca, you you're like an influencer. You know, social media in general try to you know um, make us and uh, feel that looks or or beauty is in certain way. You have to look that way to be beautiful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to have that many likes, to have that many yeah. uh, stuff, which is more sexually based. You know, uh, pictures more than sure. than, than anything else. You know. I'm not complaining. Oh, I have something saying. funny I want to say. My daughter actually asked me yesterday, what's your uh, picture face? I didn't understand what she was talking about. <laughs> what's your picture face? What's your picture face? And I said, Neil, what are you talking about? And she was like, you know, <laughs> every Instagram picture has that, you know, that. That's man. hilarious. Like, I don't know. I don't have one. I was like, do you have one? She actually has one. Oh, really? me yeah like all the photos she was taking and i was like wow mila <laughs> yeah so that that's a little sad like she's seeing this on social she's like what's your picture face yeah it's that's the thing about social media it, it makes you like you you feel like you have to follow this trend or you don't belong you know right. saying, or you're gonna have a competition so rebecca how do you mix that you know mix you know your message about being beautiful and sexy and all that at any time at any place at any age without teaching them that this is how you should be looked like, you know? Oh God, that's such a good question. Um, I'm well known for good questions. In this it, it's, it's a super good question because it's something I actually do think about, um, right? Cause I'm like putting myself out there and saying, I feel beautiful and sexy and yet here, and like, I don't want to be saying this is the only way it can be defined. Um, and that is a problem, like, especially on Instagram, which happens to be my platform. It's a very visual platform. Um, and I try to use it for good. I, I, you know, I like to use my super, my secret superpowers for good. Um, but it can be dangerous and it can be, um, it can also set things up to say that, you know, this is how I think people should look or how I think people should act. I try to be really, really careful about that. I've also been very fortunate that I have met a number of very like-minded people. So I, there's been a really interesting support group or not support group, but like just a group of women that I've met on Instagram that are all kind of fighting the same battle I am. And none of us look happen to look alike or fit a certain profile. And we have very different lifestyles. There's certain things that are in common. Usually it's about like sharing a little wisdom along with, um, along with beauty and humility and a sense of humor, um, which I think are all super important. Um, but I don't know that you can actually extract out like you can't, it's, there's still some people that are going to take the message the wrong way. Yeah. And I don't know that you can control that. You can just be true to who you are. And I, I really do think about before I write something, I read a lot. Um, so I try to share like little insights into what I think are important. Now who reads them? I don't know. You know, some people read my stuff. Some people don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like social media, a lot of times it's depressing because it shows that you're always happy like everything is great yeah. everything is possible and then you look and you're like 
So if, if, if you're going out, you look and you see a picture of somebody chilling at home, it's like, oh, I should be home. And then at your home, you see somebody partying, it's like, oh, I should be out. You yeah, know? FOMO. Yeah. So, so <laughs> fear of missing out. <laughs> so, but, but you are actually, your message is like, you actually is happy. You are happy being who you are. That's the message you want to give. So, so how do you may, manage to do both at the same time? Oh, here's a hobby. <laughs> no, I mean, miss this one. It's about self-love. I wonder why you didn't join. <laughs> oh, and the door closes. <laughs> Rebecca, do you ever post on your Instagram, like, pictures of you with not made up, like your natural day? Oh, yes. Yeah. This morning, I put an unfiltered picture on my front porch drinking coffee. It was in my story. It wasn't posted onto my my page. Um, but I do it in the car. And I don't wear makeup every day. Like, I, I love makeup. I work, I mean, I work for a cosmetic company, so obviously I love makeup. Um, but I also love being without makeup. So, um, you know, I think, and that's where I think little things, I try to be super genuine. So I also share what my struggles are. And like some days are just a challenge. This year's been a roller coaster up and down. But I mean, the last couple years, honestly, from the standpoint of like uh, going from a house full of kids to no kids, um, finding a new dynamic. I work in an industry. I mean, I'm associated with retail. So that's been super tough and super stressful. Um, we live in a culture that in a society that's been super stressful. Like that's why I said I kind of have taken a break from Twitter. Um, so it's just, I mean, I mean, I think there's always a challenge with being authentic. And at the end of the day, I could, I really do feel like most of the time I'm like 98% authentic. There might be still 2% of me trying to people please somewhere. And that's probably always going to happen. Um, but uh, does it help I think, that you don't live in New York or LA or does it matter? Um, I mean, it probably does matter a little bit. I, I mean, you know, sometimes I feel I live in a small rural Georgia town about 30 minutes outside of Atlanta. So I'm super liberal. So like everybody in town calls me that. They're like, oh, look, it's liberal Barbie. <laughs> you know, so like there, there's uh, different labels that can be applied to you too. And like, it's funny because my husband's liberal too, but nobody would know it looking at him. He used to drive a big old truck. He grew up in Alabama. He's big and bald and burly. Um, so I think they all think that I like somehow converted him to liberalism. Um, you know, with some evil female magic or whatever. <laughs> Maybe there was a little bit. Um, but I think that, you know, living in the South, there is also this expectation that you um, fit into what they think women should fit in with. And that's a whole nother thing that I could talk about that, honestly, I just don't agree with at all. Um, you know, um, there was the woman that was at the Republican convention that talked about there, if you really get down to it, there should only be one vote per household. And there are a lot of women in the South that will, even though they have jobs and everything else, they like fundamentally believe that like, and they just think, and I disagree with that completely. So there's, um, it's a weird place to live sometimes. You know, Atlanta is progressive, but the rest of the state is not. Um, and then when you talk about beauty, obviously, like New York and L.A. are um, 
have show business ties. Atlanta now has a lot of show business ties too. And when I was younger, I modeled and I can mean, I remember being sent home from New York cause I was five, seven and they were like, you're too short. So like that was devastating at 16. I like tried to grow like that was going to work. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know uh, if most of your followers are men or women? I'm 97, 96% men and 4% women at the current moment. In time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't set out that way either. Like it was a total accidental MILF status. Like that wasn't what I was like, Oh gee, I think I'm going to go after this demographic on Instagram. I completely got pigeonholed. Um, and once you get there, uh, that's the other thing about social media is once you kind of get put into their little buckets, it's very difficult to get out of those little buckets. Yeah. But the women that I do interact with, I have a lot of interaction with, um, we're very like-minded, very supportive. I actually did a photo shoot with one of my friends that I met on Instagram and like we had instant like it was just incredible female energy um we've stayed good friends she lives in canada i obviously live here in the u.s so we haven't been able to see each other since march um but no i mean i i feel like i've met a really rich group of people um and honestly my male followers are for the most they know i'm married or if they ask, I tell them, um, <laughs> my Instagram is my world. And my husband is totally good with that. Like he's like on Facebook, I'm very married on Instagram. It's hard to tell. Um, and he's okay with that. He understands it's kind of like my platform. Um, but I get a lot of respect. I very rarely get anything that I feel bad about. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's good to be a female on Instagram because, I can't tell my boys, hey, you want to do a food show together? You know, um, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get the same message, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things about being a uh, female that are fun. Yeah, 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 I guess. Uh, well, I guess, that, you know, it's, it's great. I, I wish uh, you have more uh, female followers after the show. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, important. It's good to see uh, that you have a lot of male followers. But I think in the beginning, they uh, follow you because of the looks, you know, obviously. Yeah. And then after that, when they see the message, I, I, I hope that they understand it more and it keeps going from there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I do get, I mean, I definitely have had conversations with people who, um, like the whole water thing is a big thing for me. So like, I never realized, I knew in the globe, there were lots of people that didn't have access to clean water. I didn't realize we had so many people in the US that actually don't have access to clean water. Obviously Flint, Michigan got all the headlines on that, but there's little towns in Mississippi where, communities of color literally have no access to clean water. So that's been one thing I've been working on and been very vocal. And it was funny. I had a few supporters, uh, followers on Instagram that reached out and said, you know what? I never knew that. Um, and that's actually something that I think we should be able to solve and it should be bipartisan. I mean, like, why would that be one party over the other party? Everybody that lives in this country should have access to clean water. Um, and if I can get a couple of people to think differently and to, then I, I feel like that voice is important too. Absolutely. Yeah. Something you learn from Karen, maybe you should, instead of sharing all your hot pictures all the time, put a message out there once in a while. I hot pictures all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she's got that pretty unbelievable glowy skin. When I said earlier, there's nothing that can be like, nothing can compete with youthful glow. It doesn't. You just hope that like a little wisdom and, a, and some sense of humility comes along to make up for the fact that you get tired and old. 
Well, yeah. it's, I mean, I'm, I'm in my thirties now and yeah. I have the same, the same kind of str- anxiety as everybody else of like, should, have I, have I made mistakes and like, should I have chosen different paths and am I, am I far enough along and like what, where I thought I would be when I was 20. And I think that having those anxieties gives you some humility, you know, like, no, I'm not exactly where I thought I would be. And neither are like 99% of people. And it knocks you down a peg a little bit, you know, like one of the unappealing things about being, you know, in your teens and twenties is that you're not humble. You, you do think you're the shit. And like, I, I still, I, I like myself, but I have like more of a, like, I just feel more connected with everybody because I don't feel, I, I feel, I feel like it, it took me down a little bit. You know what I mean? Not that I'm the oldest person who's ever lived, but like, I, I get the struggle a little bit more because I um, because I, I reflect the, on, on my life in ways that doesn't always have satisfying answers, you know? And that's like an sure. acceptable trade-off for me. Like, that's okay. Like, there's- I, mean, I, I, I think that it's great that, um, you know, you have followers for any reason, looks, uh, uh, whatever, success in business or whatever, as long as you, share that a message like a good message once in a while and you affect somebody's life you know i think it's it's great so uh so thank you so much for for being here rebecca i think this is great thank um, you been an hour um talking about you know um mindset and uh woman empowerment i need to go and do something very manly now because <laughs> <laughs> you do you absolutely do like, i feel i'm one of the girls right now so <laughs> you are yeah. it's okay to be one of the girls yeah i know but not in public. <laughs> What like you between, learned in the like little crazy us. psyches behind those faces. There's <laughs> all this stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> we can do this offline, but online it's 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 affecting. Rebecca, do you want to share any information of somebody want to follow you or something coming up? Yeah, so I mean Instagram's definitely my platform and it's at Rebecca Lynn underscore D or Deep Thoughts by Blondie. You can find me on either one on Instagram. Excellent, Karen. Um, I'm online, Karen Margolis, K-E-R-E-N-M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S. Um, check out Racehorse Podcast if you haven't already, uh, Nerdgasm on Compound Media. And that's it. Come say hi. Juanita? Any oh, news Juanita in the Comedy Cellar, by the, by the way? <laughs> what? Any news in the Comedy Cellar open up soon? Uh, no, not yet. I know the restaurants are opening September 30th, but we're not a restaurant. I guess we're considered entertainment, but we'll see. Okay. Hopefully soon. Uh, and uh, you want to share any information, uh, Juanita? Oh, well, uh, God, you do it for me. Juanita at the comedy cellar.com. I mean, I'm not a comedian, so it's weird. <laughs> Juanita. The mom can, at uh, the comedy cellar. Yes. And, and you can um, check out the comedy cellar.com. Uh, hopefully opening uh, very soon. And live from America podcast. Thank you very much. Next week, uh, hopefully Norm would return. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye.